There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait, is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. I went camping with my father and my friend when I was 15 and we were going across all of the national parks in California. Well, this one park had a sign that said natural gas leak, sleeping is not permitted. You will not wake up or some variant of that, but it definitely said you will not wake up. We decided that we wanted to wake up in the morning, so we left and moved to a new site. It was pretty late so on our way, We decided to stop off the side of the road in this little clearing with trees all around. Now, I was pretending to be asleep in the car because I didn't want to help my dad make the tent, I was a little asshole back then, and I kept seeing my father stop, stand up straight and look up in my direction. On the third time I decided F, he sees me, gotta go help and I got out of the car to go help. When I walked out, my dad shushed me and I turned around to see what he was looking back. When I- if you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today.
Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait, is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. I looked behind me into the darkness. It was so dark. You could see the first tree and then nothing but darkness. I heard this big ass animal sprint to the left and circle us. It ran across the street, through the trees behind us, back across to our side of the street and it stopped in the same spot that it started. Then we heard a loud snap and a tree branch landed on the ground. Sounded like the damn thing fell from an incredible height too because it took it a minute to fall. After we heard that, we grabbed the tent, shoved it into the car and got the hell out of there. Now, whatever the hell this thing was, it was incredibly fast. Cleared the distance in what felt like 10 seconds. But, shit gets a little weirder further down the road. While we're driving, we pass by a totem that looks suspiciously like Bigfoot. I don't know it was or not because as a kid I had really bad eyesight and never wore glasses. Then we pass another one and another one until we come across this building with two totems sitting outside of it. I think we were north of Yosemite by a few hours if that helps but I don't remember the exact part because we saw literally all of them. Whichever one had the gas leak about 7 years ago. Now, I'm not saying it's Bigfoot. But, it was definitely something big, fast and didn't seem vicious because it didn't try to kill us so I don't think it was a bear. If anyone has any idea, I would love to read them. I went camping out near State National Park in Colorado. It's a more desert-like area, and the state park was up on a tall plateau, it was about a half-hour drive up. Free camping, no utilities or amenities or anything, just find a spot and enjoy. There were forests and whatnot up top, but not much else beyond that and all the dust. We stayed there three days, and what creeped me out off the bat was the fact that there were no bird sounds, or really any small critters. No chirping, no tiny bodies flitting about, nothing. Pure silence outside of the many flies. There were in fact birds there, because the next morning we found a dead one behind our tent among the trees. It wasn't there before, it was fresh. We go out for the day, come across a large herd of sheep grazing on a trail, but still no birds. The next morning after that, the bird was torn to shreds. Feathers here, bits there, all around the trees to the back of us and around our campsite. So this detail is a bit important for the next part, we had brought our dogs with us. Mine's a straight dingus and has no use except for being a cuddle bug, but my fiancé's corgi is amazingly perceptive. Sharp vision and sharp hearing, but also super friendly. She wasn't friendly the night before we left, we had a fire going and it was completely silent like the nights before. Not even cricket chirps or anything. Just a crackling fire. And Susie growling at something in the dark. She wouldn't turn her head and look elsewhere, 
She kept looking to the trees behind the tent yet again just growling and with a ridge of fur standing on her back. We'd shine our lights back there, it was a thin line of trees, nothing thick, and wouldn't see anything. She continued to growl until we doused the fire and everybody piled into the tent. The next morning, some animal had pissed in their water dish. It was very yellow-green and rank, and I couldn't leave that place fast enough. It was probably just a raccoon or something small like that, but still. Ugh. I'm on a road trip now, on the road for five weeks to see as many national parks as I can. On my trip, about two weeks ago, I was in a campground inside the Black Canyon of the Gunnison National Park in Colorado. My wife and I decided to camp out in the East Portal, down inside the canyon by the river. It was gorgeous and the sites where we decided to stay were empty. Right on the riverside. It was amazing. We ate dinner at the campsite, and we decided to sleep in the camper van, even though the tent was up. All throughout the night, critters, I'm assuming raccoons, were clawing and scratching on our doors to try to get in. They probably smelled the food we were carrying. But no matter how much banging on the windows and walls of the van, they were unrelenting. Scratching at the wheel wells. I tried to shine my light out the windows to scare them off or at least get a look at them. I couldn't see anything out of the windows and I sure as hell wasn't about to open the doors to scare them off. Creep the hell out of us. I'm glad I opted not to sleep in the tent with only a thin layer of fabric between me and these critters. Although I do enjoy camping and backpacking, this particular story happens while I was just taking a walk through a woodsy area. I was about 13, and my family had just moved to Minnesota. We were waiting for our house to sell and so had moved into a little apartment in a kinda bad neighborhood in Westish St. Paul. It was a bad enough neighborhood that after a year of living there, I wasn't super surprised to hear gunshots at night, but typically the worst was just drunk people having screaming fights in the alley behind the duplex we were in. Very near our apartment was this little park called Sweet Hollow Park, named after what that area used to be called, Sweet Hollow, you can look up the history on it. It's pretty interesting, basically a flood of low-income Swedish immigrants. Now however, the park was in this pretty bad area, and definitely had a seedy vibe to it. That said, my family felt safe enough walking there in the daytime. So, it's sweet hollow, because the park is in small but deep bowl-slash-valley, surrounded by some pretty steep hillsides. There's concrete stairs leading down, but that particular day, we had decided to cut through the few hundred feet of thickish wooded hillside to get to the bottom. As we're winding our ways through the trees, we see this backpack just hanging from a tree branch. I remember it caught my eye because it was one of those canvas packs, almost military surplus looking in nature not like a student's backpack. It's dangling by one strap from a branch of a small tree, and partially unzipped. So, of course, we have to look inside. It's hanging in such a way from the branch that you can tell there's something pretty heavy in there. So we look in the bag. It's empty, except for one thing. A very, very large knife, and nothing else. We're talking like a 10 to 12 feet bowie, 
just in this old backpack, hanging from a solitary tree in the middle of the woods. We zipped the pack back up, and hurriedly continued on our way. Although we still took walks through Sweet Hollow Park, we didn't cut down through the woods very often anymore. I was hiking the tobacco routes in southwestern Montana, working up a trail that leads to a pair of old gold mines at about 10,000 feet. Below the mines, at about 8,000 was the abandoned mining camp and a rather large, decrepit stamp mill. I decided to set up base camp here, lots of cool stuff to explore, and hit the last 2,000 in the morning so I had a full day for checking out the stuff up top. I had just set up my tent, and was rummaging around in my pack when I noticed two guys coming down the main trail. This is not a through trail, it ends at an alpine lake at 9,000 feet, another mile or so up, so I know they weren't coming from anywhere but either the lake, or over a mountain ridge. One guy looks pretty normal, scruffy with a beard, flannel shirt, modern backpack, he was up top of the stamp mill, working around it while keeping an eye on me. Hmm. The other guy. Okay, the other guy was straight out of a western or something. He had a gaunt, pale face with the week-long scruff of someone who can't grow a full beard. He was tall and very skinny, and was dressed in oilskins. Pants, shirt vest, all looked handmade. Instead of a pack, he carried his provisions in oilskin bundles, tied to a leather strap around his waist. He had an old-school cowboy hat, cowboy boots, and a big-ass bowie knife hanging on his right thigh. He wasn't with the other guy, he was actually circling around behind me, acting like he was checking out the abandoned cabins while eyeing me the whole time. I was getting seriously creeped out. When he got about 5 or 10 yards from me, I made eye contact, and said, Hey, how are you doing? He didn't respond, but just stared at me. I said it again, How you doing? He glances at my bare gun on my waist for a moment, then looks me in the eye and says, How you doing? In this creepy mountain man voice. I just stammered, Good, thanks, and went about setting up camp. He walked across the trail to his buddy, still watching me from the stamp mill. The talked, gesticulated, pointed at me a couple of times, then headed on down the trail. I enjoyed a fine evening meal of mountain house stroganoff, then packed my shit and hiked back down to my jeep. No way was I going to sleep alone after that. My dad and I did a bunch of the Pacific Crest Trail when I was in high school. Oh man, the shit we saw slash experienced. 1. Came across two people boning in a high alpine lake. Water was probably only about 65 degrees. I was a clueless virgin so I wasn't quite sure what to make of it. 2. Dad found someone's cache of machetes and hatchets up towards the Oregon slash Washington border. 3. I found a bunch of hypodermic needles at the bottom of a lake. People are gross. 4. Funniest thing was a large group of morbidly obese men and women who were huffing and puffing their way around Mount Hood and refused to let us go around them because they were too stubborn. Creepiest thing was once, we were back in Jefferson Park in Oregon which is really popular because it's absolutely breathtaking, seriously, go check out photos, and at about 2 AM, 
My dad wakes up and hears people rummaging around in our food and backpack items. Now, my dad doesn't believe in guns, so he grabs his knife, rips open the tent flap and sees these three teenagers going through our food. He starts yelling, that wakes me up and the teenagers run off. I'm not sure if they were with a group of people or on their own, but to get woken up by your dad yelling swears at a group of people seven miles in the back country is pretty creepy. Also, my dad looks like a grizzly bear so it was probably scarier for them than it was for me. Another creepy thing that I experienced on my own hiking up in the back area of the Three Sister Wilderness. I was doing a solo week trip and I was laying in my tent at about 11ish at night. Our dog, Bailey, came with me and she was sleeping in the vestibule of our tent and she started growling and barking. That woke me up and I kind of just laid there for about 20 seconds when I heard something on the other side of the lake screaming. I've heard herons, coyotes, cougars and everything in between but this didn't sound like any of them. This was a loud, whining, dipping pitch kind of scream slash wail. I was way too terrified to go out and check so I just curled up in my sleeping bag and tried to go back to sleep. Me and Bailey cut our losses and headed home the next day. Still don't know what that screaming was. Camping with a couple of friends on the Appalachian Trail around Indian Grave Gap and found a pretty remote spot away from the trail to set up our tent. We made it so that our campsite was away from any people in order to have our own private space without worry. One of my friends, Jorge, had been experiencing really creepy slash paranormal phenomenon and even saw a woman cloaked in grey following him occasionally. The thing is, my other friend Ramon and I had seen her as well so we knew Jorge wasn't hallucinating. But this was our weekend retreat, far away from reality. Around 10 PM, we noticed a light through the bushes not too far from us. As we made our way towards it, it almost seemed like it got farther than changed directions. This light wasn't a flashlight or fire, which are easily detectable. It was more of a glowing light. Then we heard voices. It wasn't an animal we knew of. However, it was still a distinguishable voice speaking. The voice kept getting closer and laughing slash crying. All of a sudden, it was behind us. We were ready to combat whatever it was but were just completely astonished by how weird the voice was. We hauled us back to the trail and started walking back towards our car a number of miles away. But it was completely dark and silent which made us feel like we were being watched and followed. By far the creepiest thing that's ever happened while camping slash hiking. My good friend Paul and I, both about 17, we're headed to a nearby mountainous rainforest to spend the day foraging for mushrooms. We both had a couple of seasons worth of shrooming under our belt, having gone several times to this exact area in prior years, and a few times already in that same winter. After waking up early and spending about three hours traveling to this mountain range, we began into the rainforest the same way we'd always done. Our normal route was along an old, disused railway track that skirted about halfway up the mountain slope, it was good to have this flat ground to walk on, as we got deeper into the woods. After walking a while, we decided it was time to delve into the surrounding bush and start our mushroom hunt. 
We would normally go downhill from the train track when it was time to veer, as it was generally more moist the further down the slope you got equals more mushrooms. However, this time for some reason, we decided to try our luck on the other side of the track, and started walking uphill away from our walking track. We didn't have to walk very far from the path before the landscape started changing. The higher portions of this mountainside were drier, and started resembling a sparse pine forest as opposed to the normally damp rainforest that most of the terrain grew. The area was fairly open, and not filled with undergrowth or overgrowth. We split up a bit, to spread our efforts, still within earshot of each other, but not within eyesight. My attention was focused on the ground, constantly surveying for mushrooms. After walking up a small raised mound for better vantage, I noticed something strange on the ground, just on the other side of this mound I'd walked up. It was a man-made construction, that was for sure, but still to this day I cannot work out exactly its purpose, or why it was there. The best description I could give would be a large guinea pig, hamster, hatch. It was large and rectangular, tilted 2 meters by 1 meter, but very flat and low to the ground, probably less than 30 centimeters high. On one end was an entry hole, and the entire structure was covered in corrugated iron and tin, and it looked like it had been there a while judging by the moss and leaf litter that was encrusting the roof and walls. I stood shocked and confused, trying to evaluate this structure as best I could. It was in the middle of a quite large ditch. That mound I had climbed before? Just part of the surrounding rim that cratered this ditch, where this structure was in the middle. Already I had thoughts of terror running through my head. A human could definitely fit inside this structure, could this be some hobo's home? Or perhaps something more sinister? I still can't quite place the purpose of this hatch. As much as I wish it, the story doesn't end there. My shock paralysis at coming across this thing in this ditch was soon interrupted. I felt something heavy, and wet, land right on the top of my head. Before I could reach to touch my head, it was already oozing down my face and neck. To describe this material, it was thick like tree sap, but black as pitch, like tar. I'd never seen anything like it before and seeing it on my hand was when I first felt the urge to panic. I looked up, to brave a glance at the source of this strange black substance, and that's when I knew I had to get out of there. All of the trees growing around this ditch clearing had massive globs of this stuff dripping steadily from their upper branches. I could see these masses of black stuff clear as day, and I would have noticed them earlier if my attention wasn't focused on the ground. Now, the icing on the cake. As I was struggling to process the situation I had walked into, I heard something moving in the area across from the ditch edge I was standing on. Now when I say I heard something moving, what I mean is that I heard the ground giving way to whatever was moving. The all too familiar sound of crushing leaf litter and twigs underfoot was nearby, in an otherwise silent atmosphere. However, it wasn't rhythmic, there was no stepping, it just came. Before I could rationalize what I was hearing, a large shadowy blur whizzed by, just in front of my eyes. It moved along the ground, and at lightning fast speed, darting between trees, as it was gone from my vision as quickly as it entered, leaving the sound of crushed ground as it went. My original thought was that it was wildlife, a kangaroo specifically, yes I'm Australian, 
but no animal moves that fast. I'd never been so scared in my life. As much as I wanted to move or scream for help, I was paralyzed. I knew my friend Paul wouldn't be more than 100 meters away, and that he was carrying a knife, in case we got jumped, and that's all I could think of at that time. I broke out of the crippling fear, and sprinted toward where I thought Paul would be. When he saw me, I was as white as a sheet, trembling, crying, panicking, and for a while I couldn't make any words. I told him what had happened, and he naturally didn't believe me, or rather, wanted to get a look for himself, even after my cautioning. I pointed him in the direction of the ditch hatch and the surrounding tar trees, and told him I was getting as far away from there as possible. He caught up with me a few minutes later, having seen more than enough to confirm my story, and being sufficiently spooked himself. We have never returned to that mountain range, and it is still the scariest ghost story I have. Telling it always leaves me scared. I'm sweating profusely after just having written this, to give you a sense of how malign that day's events were. Why did all this phenomena occur in the same location, and all at once? From noticing the hatch to sprinting away in terror from the mystery shadow was probably less than 10 seconds, but it felt an eternity. And before you ask, no I had not eaten any mushrooms. I understand the potential effects of some mushrooms, and would never jeopardize the quality of my forage like that. I was fishing in the middle of a creek when suddenly I noticed that the birds, the insects, everything, had gone quiet. It just felt incredibly menacing, and all my instincts screamed out that the bushes on the far bank were dangerous, though I did not know why. My body just told me to keep my eyes on those bushes, and be ready for a fight or to run if need be. So I stayed in the middle of the creek for almost a half hour, refusing to go back over to the bank, and holding my rod out ready to swat at something if it jumped out at me. The entire time I felt incredibly pressure coming from that part of the woods, the hairs on my arms were straight up and I could hear my heart pounding away in my chest. There was something dangerous just a few feet away from me, even though I couldn't see it I just knew it was there. Finally the feeling passed, and the birds started singing again. I cautiously made my way back towards the bank to find the trail back to camp, and not five feet from the spot that had felt so threatening there was a fresh pile of mountain lion scat. Young but large male, likely venturing out to claim a new territory, a time when they are most dangerous because they are both inexperienced hunters and wandering through unfamiliar lands, making them hungry and bold. It had been right there, watching me and sizing me up, yet I never heard a single twig snap nor saw a single sign of the cat until after it had left. I'm certain that if my instincts hadn't kicked in like they did and I started to act alarmed and alert it could have been on me and have broken my neck before I'd even had known it was there. About 15 years ago I was backpacking in the Eastern Grand Canyon National Park with a group of about 10 people. We were well above the 10,000 feet elevation mark at this point. We came upon a small lake and decided to do some fishing. It was getting late so we wanted to start making some food. We caught a few fish and decided to cook and eat what we caught. 
Keep in mind that we are above the timber line and miles away from any trailhead or any civilization. Out of nowhere while we were sitting around our campfire an older woman, roughly 65 to 70 years old just walks up on us. This must have been 9.30ish at night. She just takes a seat in the middle of our group and doesn't say anything. She had long gray hair and she just stared into our fire. We were super creeped out at this point. One guy in our group finally asked her if we could help her with something. She didn't respond back. She just stared into the fire. The same guy asked her if she knew where she was. At this point she turned and looked right at me and asked are you going to eat that? Referring to the leftover carcass of the fish I had caught. It was just the head and fish bones at this point. I told her no. She walked over to me and picked the carcass off of my plate and ate the fish head right in front of me. She said this fuels our body. Which really creeped all of us out big time. She promptly got up and walked off into the dead of night. We cut our excursion short and packed out shit up and got the F out of there. I went on a gap semester as part of a cohort of 15 students in the Wind River Mountain Range for 26 days. We were doing a Knowles course without technology for a learning requirement for first-year students. Awesome opportunity. Anyway, it was getting late and our load, leader of the day, was upset because it was getting dark out and this was the final stretch in a group of five, we were split into packs of five near the end. So we happened upon a tucked in corner at a high altitude that looked to be an old camp. By this point, it was too dark to carry on, so we scouted out the area. It was unsettling because there were bear traps everywhere. There was no sign of life, but a distinct humming noise was omnipresent. Out of curiosity, I walked into a tent with a friend and there were three rusty chainsaws and a rotting leg of some animal. It smelled awful. There was no food except for a few cans that had expired three years prior, but the humming got louder. There was also a video camera inside with a note on the ground that read I haven't forgotten. At that point, we decided to leave really fast and traveled three more miles to distance ourselves. Those three miles with nothing but flashlights in the pitch dark was one of the most nerve-wracking times of my life. It may have honestly been nothing, but five guys who had to get to the final landing point in three days without seeing people for a week was enough. I marked the approximate coordinates on my map at the time, and I may have it in my desk at home. I'll try to post it if I find it when I'm on break. I do a good bit of hiking. Last year my dog and I went out for a quick day hike in the Arapaho National Forest. Halfway through my dog starts acting really strange. I'm talking hackles up, ears down, glancing around, and walking quicker than usual. My dog's not the smartest by any means, but when your dog starts acting strange you should probably take notice. I looked around and didn't see anything, so I thought that maybe a bear had gone by and I just didn't see them. I was a little freaked out, and decided to walk a little quicker and make some more noise. Eventually everything went back to normal, and my dog started acting normally. As I was hiking out I saw my footprints with these big old feline looking prints in them. I was being stalked by a goddamn mountain lion. 
I ran the rest of the way back to my car, and drove out of there like I was OJ in a white Bronco. I will never hike that damn trail again. Scariest part is that I never heard or saw the bastard, but it was looking at me like I was a Chipotle burrito on legs, I just as well might have been. I was at my Boy Scout camp a few years ago, in New York. The camp was technically closed but certain troops could reserve it for recreational use, but it was all still private property owned by the council. The actual camp is miles from any sort of main road and there's only one access point, and it's a dirt road that has a metal gate. So we go up for the weekend, it's in the Adirondack Mountains near some small lakes, and we decide to do a small hike. Everyone except two people went on the hike, and that's because one of leaders had to watch over a kid who had some medical problem. We hike up the mountain and as we're coming down I thought I saw something move in the opposite direction of our camp, but I didn't think much of it, so I continued down with the rest of my guys. We get down to the base trail, and since I was towards the back of the line I was able to look behind us, away from the camp's general direction, and had that same feeling that something moved. I just assumed it was a critter, it was turning spring, so I didn't think too much of it but I kept looking out of curiosity. My troop had gotten a bit ahead so I wasn't completely alone but it was a good 50 feet to the next guy. I thought that I should go back, but just as I was turning around I saw what looked like a person in a black jacket peek out from behind a tree. I casually ran the F back to the line and tried to forget about it until we got back to camp. I asked the scoutmaster if anybody else was signed up to be camping today and he said no, not until next weekend. I'm assuming that it was just a visitor or something, but there was only that one way to get it and the only other person with a key to the gate only comes around to repair stuff and resupply firewood so to this day, I have no idea where that man came from or what his intentions were. My family was camping in a canyon in southeast Idaho. This location is accessed from northeast Utah. I was about 7 at this time so that would have been around 1981-ish. We were on a family camping trip and it was about 9 at night and we are all hanging out around the fire. I remember this part because it was so weird. All of a sudden my dad looks at my mom and in a hushed voice says get the kids in the car now. My mom was caught off guard and said what do you mean? And he said back get the kids in the car now as fast as you can. Well my mom was mad but started telling us to all get in the car so we all did. After we were all in the car my dad hoped in the driver's seat and we backed out of the campground and drove 1 hour and 10 minutes home. Leaving everything we brought at the campsite including the fire burning. I know this is bad but this was the 80s and I'm sure none of us had our seat belts on either. The next morning my dad and uncle went back up and loaded all of our stuff up and brought it home. Okay so no flash forward to about 2003 and I'm talking to my older brother about this camping trip and I asked him why did we leave that night. Well come to find out we were being watched by. Well something. So as my dad was sitting there and he was looking at a line of bushes about 20 yards away, he watched a head walking back and forth behind these bushes. 
Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait, is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Are you a reality TV junkie? Do you ever think, dang, I wish I had someone to talk to about all the trash TV that I watch? Well, look no further, garbage lover, because Reality Gaze is a podcast for you. Hello, I'm Maddie. And I'm Poodle, and we're the Reality Gaze. We talk about all your favorite unscripted shows like The Golden Bachelor, Love is Blind, and TLC's big, messy behemoth 90 Day Fiance. And if you're driving to work, folding laundry, or just pretending to listen to your husband talk about sports, just put on the pod, and you've instantly got two gay besties spilling all the tea and reading these people for filth. So come at us, y'all. Find Reality Gaze wherever you listen to podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com Here is the kicker. The bushes were about six to seven feet tall. I guess my dad watched the thing for about 30 to 60 seconds before it turned its head and looked at us and he could see the two eyes reflecting back at him because of the firelight. It scared him so bad he made us all go home that second. My brother said he never did say what he thought it was, he just knew it was large and tall. 2. Same spot as camping trip from 1. It's about 1995 and me. My friend and younger brother are camping in this same spot because we were going to go fishing the next day. Remember I did not know about why we left this spot until years after this. It was about 2 AM and we were all sleeping when down from the canyon to the east of us came the low scream. It wasn't like a woman's scream, it was low like a man yelling but that's not even a good description. And the reason I know it came from the east was we woke up to it and as I was saying what was that? It screamed again. We did not sleep much that night and we all put our handguns in our sleeping bags with us. Edit. Also that gut feeling people described above is something I have had many times there. I don't think I have been back there since I found out why my dad left. Not from being scared but more of I don't live by there anymore. I was camping at a reasonably popular area near where I live. One night at about 11 o'clock for some random impulse my friend and I decided to go for a walk around the boardwalk which would only take about 15 minutes. Well first of all it was extremely dark and the only torch we had kept flickering on and off and almost running out of battery which we joked meant that something bad was gonna happen and so we were already on edge. Well about halfway we just see this light blurry object about the size of a person's head quickly travel from left to right at about an average running pace about 2 meters in the air at about 20 meters in front of us and completely silently. This was right around the bend as well meaning that it would have been traveling along the boardwalk and then into the wetlands which was off limits to people so it wouldn't get damaged. 
It wasn't the reflection of any static object either because there was nothing behind it until the other side of quite a wide river. We both knew what we saw was something unnatural and instantly turned around the other way in a half run because we were both shit scared of falling over. It couldn't have been any animal I've ever heard of either and being in Australia there are a lot of weird animals and noises pretty much everywhere and this was nothing like anything we'd ever seen or would ever see again. I've never been superstitious but in the moment we both knew something was not right. I was camping with friends. The whole day just felt off to begin with, should have followed my gut. We get to this popular camping site where I live, it's about an hour or two outside town. The start of the night was fine, we drank some, cooked up some sausages until a backpacker came up to us and asked if he could chill with us. Normally I would have said hell no, but my other friends beat me to it and said it was okay. After that the whole vibe of the camp just shifted, I felt extremely uneasy. As you know, when you drink you need to pee a lot so I decided to head towards the toilet blocks with the rest of my girlfriends leaving behind the guys. On the way there were suitcases throw about on the dirt road, like someone had gone through them and chucked them out when they found what they were looking for, this creeped me the hell out. After a while we told the backpacker dude that we were heading to bed and thanks for chilling and he went on his way. As we were laying in our separate tents I hear my friend scream out who the f is shaking our tent? I asked her what she meant and she said someone was shaking her tent and she could see a shadow outside moving around. So I open up my tent flap and notice the fire we had dumped ice water on was now back to full blaze with a massive piece of wood, which led to one of our cars. More dread filled me and I told them what I saw and went to go put it out again before heading back to bed. Once again my friend screams again and says she can see hands on her tent when it shakes so it must be someone messing with us. All of our friends say it's none of us and it must be her imagination playing tricks on her and we all tried to go back to sleep. After a few minutes of silence my friend yells at us to grab our shit and run to her tent quickly. I just grabbed my phone and bolted over to her tent and asked what's going on. She said that she could hear footsteps walking around outside. She was beyond scared, she was literally crying and I felt so bad so I said I'll call the cops to give her some sort of peace but unfortunately they would take at least an hour to get to us so they gave us an ultimatum, wait or pack up our shit and leave. So I asked my friend what she wanted to do and she flat out said she didn't want to spend another minute here so we literally half-assed packed up our shit back into our car. While doing so my other friend said look out into the trees and when we did we could see dark figures hiding behind them. Every once in a while they would dart to another tree to hide behind. We packed so fast I'm pretty sure I left my sleeping bag behind. We got home around 4 in the morning and we haven't been camping since. Maybe it was locals messing with us but we definitely know someone was hanging around our campsite. When I was younger my family lived in Colorado in an area near Aspen called Glenwood Springs. There were a lot of weekends where we would go out camping and hiking and by the age of 12 or so I was very familiar with the entire area. On one of these regular weekend outings I was bored just fishing with my brother and whatnot, so I decided to go out for an extended hike on my own. 
I went out about three miles or so from our camp and was following a ridge line that went up a mountainside, far away from any trails or regular hiking areas. I was in kind of a peaceful state of mind and feeling very connected to the environment just sort of communing with nature I guess. At one point I peered down into this deep ravine that was below me and was aware of a group of people riding horses, which didn't really make sense as I hadn't seen anything like that before around there and there weren't any ranches or vehicles that would have brought horses from what I had seen coming in. From where I was standing I could see and hear about 12 men on horseback dressed in what appeared to be really weathered 1800 style clothing. They each had bedrolls and some had cooking equipment like pots and pans and stuff hanging off old worn out looking ropes coiled up and attached to their saddles. All of them were armed with revolvers and they were all wearing cowboy hats. This seemed very strange and I was tempted to call out to them but I kind of realized I shouldn't. Because they all had on those wide brimmed hats they couldn't see me as I was above them and out of their eye lines so I just crouched down a little bit, stayed quiet and watched them as they slowly made their way up the ravine. They talked to each other in a calm friendly way and they seemed really relaxed and just sort of plodded along until they were out of sight. Later on I went down to where they were and there was nothing there, no sign of them being there at all, no hoof prints or anything. It was haunting and fascinating at the same time and I have to confess I have never told anyone about it simply because I didn't think anyone would believe me, especially back then. So that's it, I guess it might have been some kind of vision from a long time ago or something I really don't know but as I was watching them for about 20 minutes they were as real as anything, I could hear them and see them in perfect detail, and then they were gone. I had an encounter with a wolf in the middle of the night. I had my dog with me and we were sleeping in my tent, important to note that she was in heat and dripping blood. When I was woken up to two wolves howling back and forth, getting closer together, seemingly looking for each other. That was super super cool. I've heard other animals finding each other, mostly owls but this was the first time I heard of wolves. Another note. This happened to be the year where the wolf population went up by a lot and there were sighting all the time. I heard wolves earlier in the day howling while we were out on the hunt and talked to some locals having problems with their livestock being attacked. Anyway, I stay up listening to them until I could hear that they were very close to one another and to me. They went quiet so I laid down. Not long later, I hear footpads trotting up to my tent. My dog, who is a terrier and has barked at deer and elk and other wildlife every night before this one jumps up, goes to the corner of the tent, and then freezes. It was so unlike her. She's a little killer of a dog and I've never seen her do that. She then walks slowly backwards until she's sitting on my chest not making a peep. Then I could see its shadow moving just outside and then I hear sniffing, which really sent a chill down my spine. I waited to see if it would go away but it continued to sniff and circle my tent so I started slapping the ground and telling it to get. I heard it run and laid back down to sleep. I told all the folks I was hunting with next morning and we found all kinds of sign around the tent. That same day a wolf ran in front of my buddy's truck on the highway. He claims its head reached one end of the road, and its tail extended to the opposite. Still haven't seen one clearly in the wild but now so many people I know have. It was amazing. 
That same trip I saw a badger for the first time too and to be honest, it was more unsettling than the wolf, because we accidentally ran it over while driving down the highway. I'm so sorry little badger. You were a beautiful little creature, even as roadkill. That still makes me feel bad. I was taking my friend's senior photos in a wooded area in Missouri. Being that it's Missouri you can assume what happened. About two hours and these two meth heads come out of absolute nowhere and start talking to us. I had my gun on me but decided to try to keep it light and friendly and escape when we could. They ended up rambling to us for about an hour about their dogs they raise and her kids that she abused and how they won't forgive her and her rehab and her lawyer and his kids ectectect finally my BF ended up calling me and I pretended something happened to him to escape. The creepiest part is they practically vanished. We walked off and when we turned around to see if they followed they were nowhere to be found. We booked it to the car. We used to go hiking in the woods and hills, looking for old forts, villages. We didn't bring tents, so it was either under the starry sky or the roof of old ruins where we did the sleeping. Due to this, one in our group would always keep watch, one hour, each night. And if we felt any danger, everyone was to be woken up. They could have held their own. Although dad's a consultant now, he used to be a scout, two of the guys were army, Two were athletes, so, it was my turn to keep watch. It was around one in the night, and nothing but the moon and the stars are giving off light. Suddenly, I hear a distinct clink clink. I look around, no one's around, I hear it again. And again, it seemed to be near yet far. I wake the others up. Now, we're in a circle, with big knives in hand, we still have that knife. It's a cookery. Now, the sound seemed to come from the middle of the group, we're all at an edge. Few more minutes of this and it came to by dad, the chains of the jackets and bags they were wearing were brushing together, creating that sounds. Needless to say, we all had a good laugh and went to sleep, with another guy on watch. When I was in middle school, my two friends and I were walking in the woods along the river behind the one friend's house. I remember it was getting dark and I was trying to get out of there, I was trucking along pretty quickly and I could hear them talking a couple hundred feet behind me. Since I was in a rush, I wasn't quite watching where I was going, and next thing I know the ground disappears from beneath my feet and my stomach is dropping out of my ass as I fall through mid-air. I end up crashing down into what was like a man-made pit, a huge rectangular hole in the earth that was probably 20 feet long and 8 feet deep. By the time I realized what had happened I was ready to start shitting myself. Out of gut splitting fear and sheer will I dug myself up and over the side of the pit and ran back to my friends. What's weird is that we were following the exact same path that we'd taken on the way into the woods maybe an hour earlier, and the hole wasn't there the first time we'd passed through. It would have been impossible to miss. It was just right in the middle of the path. And there's no possible way any human could have dug a hole that size in just an hour. It was huge. Needless to say, I never walked back there again. My friends were bewildered and were trying to investigate the hole, 
but I begged them to go until we booked it back home. My mom asked me later why I'd come home covered in dirt and I was so spooked I couldn't even tell her what happened. I have gone on plenty of midnight hikes in the mountainous forests of Colorado. The first year of my night hiking expeditions I never saw anything that alarmed me, although it definitely took some getting used to. Eventually I tried out a trail on a nature reserve. Big F no no. As I started the 9 mile loop that night I noticed a group of deer hanging out, no big deal. Near the end of the hike with a mile or two left to go for some odd reason the thought of those deer at the beginning came back into my head and I got an uneasy feeling. Looking back that was most likely when it had began stalking me. When you're out in the middle of the forest at 2am with no cell phone reception on a halfway marked trail you are learning for the first time you want to have the proper gear to know you will be prepared for any situation that can be thrown your way. Plenty of batteries, an extra light, GPS, and of course, a trusty sidearm kept me level-headed that night, albeit, nothing other than my original headlamp and batteries were used. Anyways, I digress. An uneasy feeling began in my chest so instead of hiking with the light set to a close proximity, dim output it was now shining bright in the distance to help see any threats. It didn't take long to see a set of eyes staring at me through some bushes. They definitely weren't the right profile to be a deer, and pro tip human eyes don't reflect. I had a bad, bad feeling, and so did my dog, who bravely began walking toward it to investigate. House no. Back he returned to my side. By this time I already had the pistol out, at the ready. The animal stared at us for a moment and then wandered off. It wasn't much later down the trail I saw the eyes again, this time at the bottom of a ravine. From my vantage point I felt safe enough to stop and get a look at this guy to see what it was. After looking at this thing from a good 50 yards away, yes I am fully aware I was in the danger zone, I was able to make out the features of a large cat with a huge fluffy tail. I waited for it to leave once again and then double-timed it back to my car all the while constantly checking my surroundings hoping not to get attacked. That was definitely a mountain lion watching me for who knows how long. My father, uncle and grandfather went on yearly camping trips in Algonquin. They started this tradition when my father and uncle were a very young age and I eventually juned them and we continued this tradition until my grandfather passed away a few years ago. This isn't a creepy encounter more creepy timing. In 1991 the three of them stayed on Bates Island on Lake Opoengo from Sept 29th to October 5th. A few days later a predatory black bear mauled and partially ate a couple on that same small island. The bear was found guarding the bodies and hadn't even touched the food they had been cooking. It's crazy to think a few days difference and I wouldn't have been born to write this. I was taking my children swimming to an old rock quarry just outside of Banff, Alberta. On the way there we stopped in the middle of a huge raspberry bush and started munching away. The boys were 5 AD3 at the time. I just popped three massive berries in my mouth and caught some movement out of the corner of my eye. 
As I turned my head to see what it was a massive grizzly slowly stood up about 10 yard away. I didn't see it behind the bushes. I couldn't help myself, I made eye contact. She held my gaze for what seemed like 10 seconds and simply dropped and trotted off in the opposite direction. We took off immediately and I practically had a nervous breakdown when I got home. We were very lucky. I was hiking a 5-6 to six mile off-road trail I'd mapped out with a friend through some dense forest area in North Texas. With a creek running through it and steep inclines, it took me a few hours to make the trek to my destination. So on the way back, it was getting dark and I didn't want to be stuck in the woods, I took an alternate route, keeping the highway running parallel in sight through the trees. Then out of nowhere. I look up and see three crosses standing about four feet high over what appeared to be fresh graves. Then we noticed the dull heads. The heads had been mutilated, eyes missing, hair pulled out. And upon closer examination they were much more realistic than dull heads and resembled actual young girls. Got to the highway and called the police, assuming we just found some sort of morbid burial site of a crime, and then walked officers into the woods. They poked around and then called other people out to this field in the middle of nowhere and dismissed us, saying something about how Halloween was coming up and it was probably just a prank. Never found out what happened. Oh, also found a dead body, the guy had been shot, in a field on a morning run when I was 15. Grew up in western Pennsylvania about 12 miles from downtown Pittsburgh. As a kid myself and the group of kids that lived on my street would often play in the, rather expansive, woods behind the church near our houses, build forts, play hide and seek, and basically use this specific area of the woods as the neighborhood playground, hangout spot. This went on well into our teens until one afternoon about four or five of us were hanging out there and we saw a strange black shape seemingly watching us from behind a tree. At first we thought someone was messing with us but eventually it moved, fast, to another tree and we saw it was jet black and featureless. We all got the hell out of there and never returned to that area. To make things a little more interesting, to me at least, Years later I was looking up stuff about hauntings and ghosts in my area and came across a site that mentions a very similar black shape in the same woods. I should also add that about one quarter mile west through the woods, and attached to the street most of us lived on, is an abandoned road where two girls were murdered in the 80s. Even prior to this, myself and others in my neighborhood had experienced a sensation of being watched or followed when in this part of the woods. Met a mountain lion. Backed away very slowly from mountain lion. He was silent as f and just stared through me with a thousand yard stare. He slipped off leisurely and deathly silently for something so large. Like a ghost. I continued to retreat, facing where he was, for yards and yards until I couldn't anymore. 25 yards or more? Then picked up the biggest, heaviest branch I could see in my peripheral sight, and I ran. Those primeval things kill people. He was simply bored or had something better to do. Because he could have just run me down for the hell of it. I'll never forget that thousand yard predator stare, 
or the utter silence with which he moved. I remember when I worked up at a lodge up in southern Idaho and I was sleeping in a trailer out there. One time while I was trying to get to sleep, the trailer just started gently rocking back and forth just ever so slightly and it starts rocking more and more over a couple of minutes until eventually I had to come to terms with the fact that it wasn't the wind, and that something was moving my trailer around. So I got my gun, loaded it and got ready to open the door to the trailer and face whatever was rocking my trailer around. I busted open the door and yelled as loud as I could all the while firing some rounds off into the night. I heard something running away and it sounded really big. I know I didn't hit it because it was running the other direction from where I was shooting, but it was very close to the trailer when it started running away. In the morning the garbage sack by my trailer was ripped open and there was garbage everywhere. So it was probably a bear wandering on the property. Hiking down the Middle Canyon Road in Tuella, Utah is normally no big deal until you decide to leave the beaten, gravel, road. You know those really creepy dolls tied to trees crap? I found hundreds strung up in a hidden alcove and then when I started noping out of there, a loud crunch comes from under my feet. Looking down I found a near-complete human skeleton. Everything within a 50-mile radius could hear me as I screamed my way back to the road and down it. Reported the incident to the police, had to point them to the area but I refused to go back. Also, I was down a pair of boots after that. Since then I've become a non-exercising person who spends all his time on the computer. About five or so years ago my father and two of my friends went to a certain open area in the nearby woods where apparently some rituals take place around a tree. Yeah, it sounds spooky, and the fact that there were symbols spray painted on different corners of the open area was also creepy, not to mention the nearby graves. All of that isn't enough to bother me, but something I never considered did. It was midsummer, around 70 to 80 degrees at night. It was warm, everything was normal until we entered that circle. I kid you not, it felt as though the temperature dropped to the 40s. Personally, that's my favorite temperature, but what bothered me was how it felt as if the chill reached my bones. That coupled with the feeling of something very wrong. The only way I could describe that feeling would be the anxiety a child felt when caught doing something bad, but multiplied and spread across every inch of skin over your body sinking in as deep as you can imagine. I don't know if anyone else could feel it as definite as I did, but they certainly felt something was off. We spent about 15 minutes just looking and talking about the place before we booked it. In my whole life nothing has quite compared to the sensation I still remember so clearly. Camping in the Northern Territory one time and in the middle of the night we hear dingoes howling really close by. A few minutes later we hear them going through our camp and coming over to sniff at us. We were in swags, kind of like a small mattress with waterproof canvas covering like a sleeping bag which you just roll out on the ground instead of sleeping in a tent, for those who aren't Australian and may not know what they are. And so they were sniffing at our faces. 
pretty scary but we just stayed still and didn't threaten them and they went away. In the morning there were baby dingo paw prints in the dirt so that was kind of awesome. We rented a log cabin in upstate New York. We all left after work and arrived at the cabin at about 10 p.m. This was right around the time Blair which came out. Lots of drugs and booze, and a video camera capable of night vision, so of course we had to go in the woods to make our own wacky version of Blair Witch. We see a trail opening at the edge of the driveway going into dense woods. A few of my friends go exploring as we unpack the cars. They come back in a minute or two, all excited and a little freaked out. About 150 feet down this trail in a clearing was a large, um, structure? It was a large crucifix in the center of a mound. The crucifix had to be about 25 feet tall, the mound at least 8 to 10 feet high and 25 feet around. Around the mound was a ring of smaller crucifixes, maybe 3 feet tall. I think there was more than a dozen of these smaller crosses surrounding the mound. A lot of time and money went into building this. We went back in the daylight, the next morning, and couldn't figure out what it was used for. No altar area or signs or plaques or anything to tip off what it was, we guessed it was a pet cemetery, and that name stuck. We rented the pet cemetery house a few more times through the, the years, good times. Me and my mom were hiking on Mount Wilson outside Pasadena, we started late so not that many people were nearby. We started going towards the last mile to get to the top then we hear something big moving off the trail nearby, we assumed it was a bear just walking around that wouldn't pay much attention to us. We continued going and 5 minutes later I hear something running through the plants right towards me, I quickly turn around and see a damn deer 2 feet away. We both stop and look at each other both of us startled, then it turns back and runs like hell. On the way down we heard the noise one time and once again, a few minutes later it was the same deer and it saw us and ran away again. I was walking around my yard one night and I kept hearing some kind of whining. I went down to a thicker part of the woods and heard a bloody scream slash cry. I didn't stick around to find out what it was. Another time I was with my brother walking through some fields going to look at an abandoned cabin. It was a very still night with no wind or clouds. Once we got close to the cabin we heard a loud squeaking noise coming from the cabin. We didn't go any further and hauled us back the way we came. Not me but a family friend. He was out camping with some buddies, hanging around the campfire late at night. All of a sudden everyone stops joking slash talking and looks at each other as they get that feeling of being watched. They get some flashlights and look around, and it turns out there was a grizzly bear watching them from the top of a hill less than 100 yards away. After they spotted it, the bear just turned and walked away, but they didn't get much sleep that night. A corpse, while doing some stupid illegal midnight trip in Aokigahara in my 20s on a trip with my high school friends. Japanese guide told me not to, stupid me and friends said hell yeah.
Until we found the corpse and the uncanny silence the forest has at night, no birds, no insects, nothing, just the wind. It felt creepy as f. I couldn't sleep at all and a girl in our group just rolled up in a ball and cried the whole night in our tent. Failp, experiences makes the man I guess. I was walking through the woods in Dallas TX and I stumbled on a coffin. It looked old and was all rusted through part of the top looked like it had been ripped off. I didn't see any bones but it was still weird. My guess is that it was stolen or part of an old black cemetery which may have been moved or robbed or just forgotten. Dallas is a nice place now but we have not always had the best race relations. Yes our city does have some pretty large and remote forest even in the heart of the city. A friend of mine was up in the Oregon Coast Range Mountains riding his ATV. He stopped for a sandwich and a cigarette. He said he saw something just in the tree line a hundred yards or so away that was really tall and dark out of the corner of his eye. When he looked over, it moved back into the trees and disappeared from view. He said he got all goosebumpy and skedaddled out of there. This is late to the party but when camping in northern British Columbia I found a little elephant charm hanging up in a tree and I took it. So after taking it, this was like two years ago, I kept it with me and felt something following me. That feeling stopped when I dropped it off of a cliff in Newfoundland in one of the most eastern points there. 